The views and opinions expressed in the following program are those of Coal Investment Group and its staff. Coal Investment Group is a registered investment advisor. Call 262-522-4040. Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning. Welcome WISN's Retirement Clinic with the Kowal Investment Group on the air every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. I'm Paul Kronforst, hosted today by Jeff Kowal and John White from the Kowal Investment Group. John, good morning. Good morning. Jeff, how are you? I'm well. How are you, Paul? I'm fantastic. Thank you for asking us. I mentioned this to both of you before the show, daylight savings, so we spring ahead tonight. An extra light and one extra hour tomorrow is going to mean the world of difference. Yeah, my children will wake up the correct time now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, kids in this waking up in the dark and all that stuff for school. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we had a long discussion about daylight savings. You know, and how, should we observe it and all that stuff? Anyway, just a note, a programming note for the time change tonight. Boy, do we have a busy show today. As always, the boss segment, business owners, savings, and security. Jeff Kowal, as always, the sexy segment in the second half of the hour. That's right. Wealth management and preservation. We're going to talk about special needs trust today. So that'll be an important topic for a lot of people. And John White's going to kick off the show. We got a lot going on, but I do want to give just a little background before we start anything. On the Kowal Investment Group, you know, we mentioned your locations every week. You have recently added the Heartland location, world headquartered in Waukesha, of course. Uh, you've got offices in Port Washington, up in Ozaukee County, in Racine, Highway 20, right off the freeway. And in Phoenix, Arizona, the website, Jeff, will give you more information, thekowalway.com. And also, we should give people a reminder, Monday through Friday on the Mark Belling Show, 3 and 5 o'clock news blocks, Jeff, you guys provide us with those market updates. That's right. John, along with everybody on our team, give you one minute on what's going on in the market today, what's uh, driving the market up or down that particular day, if it's a government report, if it's corporate earnings uh, employment report, what's happening that particular day. We wrap it up with the Dow, the S&P 500, uh, uh, S&P 500, NASDAQ, and then we try to give you a so what. So how does it apply to your life, your retirement planning, your investments? Every day, Monday through Friday, 3 o'clock news block, 5 o'clock news block on the Mark Belling Show or Dan O'Donnell Show or whoever, whoever happens to be there at that particular day. Marie McFarland did the show last week. March is Women's History Month, and she she had a really good show with a lot of different facts. And she covered some milestones of women's history. By the way, there is a blog regarding that, Five Reasons Women Need to Be Involved in Financial Planning. Jeff, I think that's key. Maybe 50 years ago, women weren't involved as much in the planning in the household. Today's a different era for sure, and things have changed. Quite a bit. And you look at just Marie's role in our company. 50 years ago, I'm not sure that she would have been as important to our organization as she is today. And she was uh, very important in, in putting together the Women's History Month blog that we have there. So go to the thecoalway.com. Take a look at that Monday through Friday. Again, when we work with our clients, uh, if you have $750,000 or more in retirement assets, if you're close to or already in retirement with a million dollars, $2 million, $5 million or more, we're happy to work with you. But have you ever, and Paul, you can respond to this too, have you ever started a do-it-yourself project 
then you're knee deep into it and feel that maybe you should have gotten some professional help. <laughs> maybe every project I start, including a shelving system we put on our wall a month or so ago. I mean, we almost got divorced, Don and I. We're going back and forth fighting and arguing. I said, take a breath. We're taking a five-minute break, and then we'll start this project again. So I'm sure, I'm sure there are a lot of people in our audience that feel the same way. Uh, in retirement planning is a lot like that. You you wouldn't want to do a lot of do-it-yourself projects yourself. You wouldn't want to do your own heart surgery or brain surgery. You go to a specialist for that. And John today is going to give you some reasons why you go to a specialist. And John, why don't you take it away? Yeah, thanks, Jeff. Um, so what I'm doing today is I'm citing an article all the way back from October 1994 by a gentleman by the name of William Bengen, B-E-N-G-E-N. And he was actually the pioneer of the 4% withdrawal rule. It's a really interesting article. It's a bit of a read, about 10 pages long. The first page, though, is is really worth any retirement, um, any retiree's time just to read the first page because he actually makes a prediction back in 1994, and uh, he talks about how a financial advisor's practice looks and how he's talking to his clients about retirement. And he's actually pretty accurate, like 15 years ago, predicting um, what was going to happen. It was it, I was reading it, and I thought, oh, this must be a typo. He's got some really weird dates here. Um, well worth the read. At least the first page is worth the read. Um, and... Uh, Again, it's, the, the name of the article is called Determining Withdrawal Rates Using Historical Data by William Bengen. Uh, so I read through that, and it got me thinking about the 4% withdrawal rule. Uh, a lot of retirees are aware of what it is. You basically draw 4% of your assets out of your portfolio every single year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I take it a little bit more than that. I'm like, okay, where did this withdrawal rule come from? Why does it work? Why doesn't it work? Because it's still applicable today. Because this was back in 1994, uh, a little little while ago, you know, the internet was just getting started and people were starting to get their first email addresses, maybe. Almost 30 years ago. Right. Everyone's like, what's Amazon.com? What are you talking about? Oh, are you kidding me? We didn't know what an uh, iWatch was back then. (laughs) The internet was as slow as molasses. Right. Everything was dial up and it was a lot different back then. Yes, it was. And so I kind of wanted to do a little bit of homework on this and go, okay, has the 4% rule changed? Is it still applicable today? So obviously we start off with the basics, right? The 4% rule literally means you're drawing 4% out of your assets. Now, the, William Bengen's article, he or his study, was basically saying we're talking about IRAs here, not Roths, which are tax-free withdrawals, just straight-up IRAs. So there's going to be taxes involved. You're going to have to draw it and obviously account for taxes. Um, and what he was saying was, okay, we also assume that you're in a 60-40 portfolio, 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds, and you're drawing out 4% per year. Well, the study says that that should work if you expect to live for 30 years during your retirement um, now, of course, the only caveat to this was if you see a massive drawdown at the beginning of retirement, that can obviously affect things if you have a really bad year in the market. Um, so basically, uh, it's kind of held up a little bit, but things have changed. And I just want to kind of caution people as to why you might want to consider uh, talking with a financial advisor like the Cowell Investment Group and help us figure this out with you so we make sure that we're doing it correctly. He actually admitted, William Bengen admitted, that it's not really a rule, the 4, 4% rule. He actually wished he'd used another word. He said it's more of a guideline. So the word guideline probably is better than a rule. So the 4% guideline, not the 4% rule. 
Um, so think of it as a guideline as your lifestyle changes that you adopt this strategy drawing your assets down. Um, so when it comes to the risks of the 4% rule, the first risk is the sequence of returns. So obviously, if the market has a major drawdown in the first couple of years in retirement, your money might not last as long as you would hope it had when you called every day a Saturday, as my father-in-law said, and you retired. I like that. What what happened to Sunday? Why is every day a Saturday? <laughs> I, I do like that, though. Um, and I, my grandparents, I think, use that, too. Yeah. Every day is a Saturday. Right. I think it's the expectation, right? You're getting you know, the end of the work week, yeah. you're gearing up, you've got big plans for Saturday, and, and that's what I think they were getting at. But uh, it's just such a funny, I love the saying. I think it's great. It is good. Yeah. And, and so when I'm working with a client and we're talking about withdrawal rates, we'll always model in their cash flow projection, what if, those horrible two words, what if the market is down heavily in the first couple of years in retirement? Will your money last? Right. Um, and I want to make sure that when I'm talking with a client, at the, when I give them the, the, the big thumbs up that, yes, you can retire, I want to make sure that I'm correct on that, that even given a massive drawdown in returns, that the client can retire and not have to go back to work. So in other words, kind of surviving whatever storm the market throws at us. Correct. And now, and Jeff, you can chime in here. The last few years, maybe two, you tell me, weren't probably as good as the very, very bullish market that we had prior to it. But that's the way the market is. You always have your ups and downs and your ebbs and your flows, Jeff. Well, that's the advantage of working with us. that We've been doing this since 1987. So if you think that we haven't gone through these issues before where the market drops as soon as you retire, we have. I remember in, in 99 and 2000 when the market tanked in 2000, again in 2008, it does come roaring back. But when you're right in the middle of it, just like in the situation we're in right now, when you're right in the middle of it, of it it's hard to keep a clear head. And that's where John is especially good and our team in the office is especially good, saying let's look at these rules of thumb, let's look at your actual situation, and does this apply to your situation and can you retire even though there are downturns in the market? John White, Jeff Kowal on WISN's Retirement Clinic. I like, John, what you said about you take pers- almost a personal responsibility that your client, if they're going to retire, you want to make sure that I, I think Aaron Kowal, all of you is, have used this, outsource the stress to us. Yeah, absolutely. We'll take that stress on and you'll make sure that they're ready to retire. You have heard and seen stories of people that go back to work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've seen people that retired for a couple of weeks and they're like, okay, I'm bored. I'm, I want to go back to work. I want to do something. I want to have structure to my day. Um, I've seen people go work for charities. There's there's a whole bunch of different reasons as to why people find work very engaging. It might not be what they go back to. But like, like the social aspect or mm-hmm. missing people to talk, have a cup of coffee and just chit chat. That's different than I have to work because right. I didn't have enough money. Right, absolutely. I, I've got one retiree that works a part-time job on a Wednesday, and she said to me that Wednesday comes around real fast. <laughs> That's kind of neat, though. She's got something probably to look forward to, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get that Wednesday, and then, uh, yeah, pretty soon it's Wednesday again. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, so the 4% rule, instead of rule, I like the guideline. Too. And we've heard about, there's so many rules of thumbs in your industry, mm-hmm. right? Or is it rules of thumb? Did I say that right? The uh, rule of 72, Jeff Kowal, we've talked about that one over the years, right? Right. When that's you divide your interest rate into 72, it tells you how long it'll take your money to double. 
again, a rule of thumb because there is no straight, generally not a straight line uh, interest rate that's going to go up over that period of time. But that's, you know, so as an example, if you get 12%, let's flip it around. If you get 6% divided into 72, it takes 12 years to double your money. But there are a lot of other rules of thumb. When we talked about a couple weeks ago when I was on the show was that you take 100 minus your age, and that's how much you should have in growth-oriented investments. So if you're if you're 50, and you take 100 minus 50, you should have 50% into grow into stocks. Mm. Well, that number has changed now. The number because people are living longer, it's 120. So you take 120 minus 50. That means 70% of your assets, as a rule of thumb, should be in growth-oriented investments. So you're right. It's just a rule of thumb. It's just a guide, just as John mentioned. Yeah, and John, everybody's case is different, right? Case by case. Absolutely, because some people, 4% of their assets might not be enough to cover their expenses. And for other people, 4% is a drop in the bucket <laughs> for their assets. It depends. What are you doing? Are right. you spending that money or are you living kind of frugal and just yeah, everybody's lifestyle is different? Absolutely. I mean, another risk associated with the 4% rule is a health risk. Um, apparently, the average American couple, married couple today, will spend over $300,000 in health expenses in retirement. And some of those expenses are obviously unplanned. Again, have you worked out a way to handle those expenses in retirement? I I think, and, and Jeff, you can chime in here too, that a health scare or a health situation, whatever it is, can be probably a leading cause for personal bankruptcy, right? Because you don't plan on that happening. And when it does, boy, that's they can be really expensive. Download your stress to us. Those are the types of things that we can plan for. Now, we can't plan for everything, but... Again, with uh, a planning that we do at our office, and again, I, I think it's very important that we are retirement planning specialists. So these are the types of issues that we deal with all the time. It's not a general practitioner, general wealth manager who works for everybody. We work with those people who are close to already in retirement. So we know the issues like health care and health scares that are going to affect people as they head into retirement. And how do you mitigate that risk? Regardless if you're taking out 4%, 20%, how do you address those issues and still have enough money to last the rest of your life? John, um, I know you've got more thoughts on this topic. I like it, and I like that guideline term. Mm -hmm. Guidelines. Yes. Not so much a rule of thumb. Right, absolutely. I mean, I should probably address it. just maybe one more risk and then talk about alternative strategies to the 4%. So longevity risk. In the 2020 census data model, Today, um, six, there are 60,000 women and 15,000 men that are over age 100 today. Well, in 2020, that's a couple of years ago, but close enough. Sure. Back when that 4% guideline slash rule was uh, created, the average guy lived to 80, the average female 85. In other words, people are living longer today. Yeah. Um, so what's an alternative strategy? What, what else can you consider? Well, one is spending more conservatively. In other words, if we have a bad year in the market, you just reduce your expenditures and you wait for the market to recover. And then when you get a good year, you increase your spending. Um, so basically, you're not sticking to that 4% number now. Now you're kind of moving with the market, which- And adjusting it, it, as you go. Right, absolutely. So we've seen some fun companies, like Morningstar is an example. They said, hey, in the first year, take 3.3% of your assets out and then see if you can live off that. 
And that way you're being more conservative in the first couple of years. And maybe you can start increasing it from 3.3 up to 3.6, up to 3.8, and then up to that four number. And of course, now you've reduced four years of your planning. They're gone now. So. Yeah, and whether you're retired or you're still working, there's always a need and a want, right? Right. So you got to live, right? You got to you got to enjoy yourself. And I get it. Go to dinner, travel. There's so many things that cost money. Right. Do you need to do that? Do you want to do it? Right. Uh, so there's probably a little balance in there somewhere, John. Right. And another strategy is obviously only take money that you have to spend. So. We all know about required minimum distributions. you got to start taking money at 72, 75, and then beyond that, depending on when you were born now because of the new SECURE Act that was passed. Um, but that means that you're only taking required distributions from your from your money. Is that enough to get by? We don't know. You'd have to talk to somebody like an advisor like us to figure that out. Uh, finally, what are other things that you could do? Well, you can maximize other income sources. So these things, I'll admit, they're kind of optional. Uh one of them is getting a part-time job. We've already talked about that, like supplementing your your investment assets with some part-time work. I'd say today most people eventually will probably do some part-time work in retirement because they just want to. Yeah. Um, it's not, hey, I'm going to be on the golf course all day, see you later. I'm not going to work ever again. And I don't think there's as much pressure with that part-time job as there was in your full-time career. Right. You know, hey, listen, I'm retired. I, I was just reading an article. I don't know where it was. USA Today. I was online and browsing, and it was about retirees that are going back to work, but not because they had to. Not what I said before, because they wanted to. Right. And, you know, I think another one is Social Security. You can delay taking Social Security. Now, should you do that? Talk to us, right? Let's figure that out. Let's model it for you. Um, I would say most people take it 62. But if you can delay it until 70, and, and you have the means to do so, then that's another option. No, um, your your payments are going to go up every year you delay Social Security. Correct. 8% increase. Um, so that's, 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 that's pretty a, That's quite a bit. Right. And so, you know, it depends. It, every situation is different. Uh, that's why you should talk to us. Let us work the plan with you and make sure that it's going to work so that you don't run out of money in retirement. Okay, so cite your source, because that was a very good column that you read. Right. So I actually got it from um, a Prudential website, but the actual article um, is <laughs> it's a PDF file that was a link on their website, so I can probably provide that information. But uh, this is an October 1994 article by William Bengen, Determining Withdrawal Rates Using Historical Data. And it's actually, again, it's when you look at the articles, it looks pretty dry, but I would encourage anyone that's interested, read the first page because this guy almost nails the next 15 years of market returns just wow. by – he's making up a story. Wow. And, and I, I actually had to read it twice to make sure that I got it. And I'm like, no, this guy was hypothesizing from 1994 what the early 2000s could have looked like. And I was I was astounded at how close he was. Uh, it has some serious credibility. There. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Kowal, after the break, we're going to switch gears a little bit on the retirement clinic. What do you got for us? Well, two quick things about what John was talking about. One, you refer back to 1994. I am very proud that I still have my AOL.com. <laughs> I get heat about all the time. I was just with my granddaughters. And you know what the hottest thing is right now? Vinyl records. Oh, yeah. Everybody, they're not doing CDs. They're not doing uh, the digital they're, they're going back to record stores and buying vinyl records. So I'm kind of proud of my, all my vinyl records and my AOL.com account from 1994. I love it. Is, I do too. And the other thing is that um, we started out talking about do-it-yourself project. Uh, 
this is one thing when you calculate the, what you should be withdrawing, don't want to do it yourself on projects. Go to John, go to Coal Investment Group for help. When we come back, we're, um, there are a lot of things that we're finding out about the secure 2.0 retirement plan that just was retirement legislation that was just signed. So I'm going to go into detail about a 529 plan and what you can do with that. If you want to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, the Kowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, or call. 262-522-4040 with any question. Questions about what we're discussing on the phone, questions about your own retirement plan, 262-522-4040. Market updates Monday through Friday, done right during the Mark Belling Show. You mentioned America, or it was called America Online, AOL. I remember right. people calling it America Offline because <laughs> how slow it was. And the dial-up code you got, I mean, this that goes back wild. You know, I'm glad vinyl's making a resurgence. I have all of my albums from my youth when I was in my teens. These are 1980s. And along the way, I obtained my grandparents' Christmas albums. I have quite a large collection. So we bought a record player or a phonograph. Yep. Amazon has them. They're all over. And you yep. can, connect, you know, just hook it up to you. You can even buy a sound, a sound bar or just an independent speaker. And it's fun. Going, the process of putting that needle, that stylus on the album is just fun. And, and they sound yep, and pretty the, darn the good. Kids and grandkids love it now. And you're going back to the, you know, going to, to uh, Barnes & Noble or Best Buy or other places like that. And you see stacks of or, rows of, uh, of vinyl records for sale. Contemporary stuff, old stuff, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, they, they experts, audiophiles say that, you know, the ear hears more of a brown sound, which is a warm sound as opposed to a compressed audio file. This is getting detailed, but that's what CDs are. And that's what streaming music is or Bluetooth. It's compressed. So you get more of that real sound. And as a drummer, I agree. It certainly sounds better. So go out. Even a Facebook marketplace has albums that are... Uh, might catch your eye. So I like that news, Jeff. That's all good stuff. Okay, we'll take a quick break with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal and John White in studio. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owners' savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. If you own an LLC, you certainly understand how taxes for an LLC business can be confusing and even feel a bit overwhelming. But operating as an LLC also offers a number of tax benefits, which makes LLCs a popular choice for businesses. Some of the key tax benefits include tax flexibility, LLCs offer flexible ownership options, which mean they are in a position of being able to choose if the business will be taxed as a corporation or as a pass-through entity. This gives you the ability to choose the most beneficial tax approach for you and your business. Next, eliminating double taxation. If you choose to be taxed as a pass-through entity under a sole proprietorship or a partnership, you avoid double taxation. If you are a corporation, taxes are paid on income and then paid by shareholders or owners on their own personal returns on the dividends they receive. If you are a sole proprietor or partnership, you avoid this. Business deductions. There are a number of expenses LLCs can write off as business tax deductions to help lower the amount to be paid in on your income tax or your business. 
Such deductions include advertising, charitable donations, education, health and disability insurance, internet expenses, startup costs, supplies, travel expenses, and so on. These are just a few of the tax benefits of an LLC. To learn about how LLCs are taxed and what approach might be best for your business, give our office a call today at 262-522-4040 or visit thekowalway.com. Every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock, we continue. Jeff Kowal, uh, Jeff, you are founder of the Kowal Investment Group. I want to get my ears right here. I don't want to screw this up. I know when WISN, we started in 2001, right around the 9-11 attacks, right? Yeah, we started the Kowal Investment Group in 1987. I started doing Belling's show on uh, with market reports in 1997. And then we started doing the uh, this Saturday show in, tw- in 2001, Saturday before 9-11. And you've continued to grow and grow locations, Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona, Racine, and Heartland. All that information is on thekowalway.com. Of course, you can call with any questions. That number is 262-522-4040. The Secure Act 2.0. Let's forget about 1.0. That whole Secure Act confuses people. It's an acronym, Jeff. Yes. Um, Or it confuses me. Nice. Well, it confuses a lot of people, sure. And 2.0 is an update of the uh, 1.0, if you will, that was signed a couple of years ago by President Trump's term. I think the first one was in 2019. This one was just last year. This, and there are so, it's so complex, and there are so many pieces to it that it's really hard to keep up to date. But this is one thing that, you know, last, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how, did you know that, uh, employee contribution, employer contributions can now go into Roth IRAs. Before you couldn't do it. Before this Secure 2.0, you could not put, you know, you could always put your own contributions into your 401k, into a Roth 401k. But now you can put the company match into a Roth as well. So that's new. Another new thing that came out is um, the ability to put 529, any money that's left over in 529 college savings plan, you could roll that over into a Roth IRA. Uh, the first thing that, that parents and grandparents will say is, what leftover money? You know, when you're done with college, you, you're basically tapped out. But there is a, there there are times when you have money left, and what do you do with it? A lot of times the best way to pay for college is using a 529 plan. The average cost of tuition for a private college, this is a Forbes article, is $38,000 a year, not counting room and board, $38,000 a year. Average public one is is in-state is about uh, $10,500. But costs are rising, and how do you afford it? But again, with the SECURE Act, one of the provisions of the SECURE Act 2.0 targets 529 plans. 529 plans, tax-favored uh, account for education, the money inside the 529 college savings plan gross tax-free is not ever subject to tax if you tap it for educational expenses. If you take money out for any other reason, it's subject to income tax plus a 10% penalty. But beginning next year in 2024, so not this year, next year, you can roll any unused 529 funds into a Roth IRA without incurring a penalty. That's a big deal. So, you know, again, what unused funds, but they're in Wisconsin, in uh, different states, the min- maximum amount you can contribute are different. 
Uh, Pennsylvania, it's $511,000. North Carolina, it's $500,000. In Wisconsin, the most you can contribute is $545,500. So if your parents, uh, grandparents can contribute up to $545,000 into it. Now, the tricky part about this, if you have money left in a 529 plan, and let's say you have $100,000 left, which would be rare, you can't rule that whole amount in there. It, it it's worth noting that you can change a beneficiary, you can move it on to another kid, but at the end of it all, if you have money left, the last beneficiary uh, so can can roll the 529 plan. So here here here's just the rules for it. The Roth IRA must be established for the beneficiary of the 529 plan. In other words, I can't take that money out that I was contributing for my grandkids and say I'm going to put that into my plan. Doesn't work that way. Has to be for that person. Next one, the lifetime cap for funds moved from a 529 plan is $35,000 per beneficiary. So if you have $100,000 left, you might want to transfer $65,000 of that to another beneficiary, move $35,000 into a Roth. These are just planning opportunities. The maximum annual Roth contribution, let's skip that. That changes year to year. Uh, the 529 plan must have been in place for at least 15 years. That's why you got to start saving when the kids are young. So when they are done with that, they can roll any money left into a Roth IRA. What's your own advice, Jeff, on starting a 529 college plan for your kids as soon as you can, as soon as they're born? Absolutely, if you can. Sure, and John might have an insight on that. He's got a couple of kids. I've got a couple of grandkids. What do you think, John? Yeah, um, the, only, the only thing that held me back from opening it from day one was that they didn't have a social security number. You got to wait for the social security number, then you can open it up. Ah, yes. Yeah, yeah. so you can't, I wanted to open it right away, but you couldn't, you know, got to wait for the social security number, and that takes a while to get in. And once that's there, then you can open up the 529. And this is, again, a 529 is a college savings plan. Jeff, if I decide, let's say my my child decides, I don't want to go to college. At age 18, they, they want to get into an, another job. They want to get into the skilled trades and skip college. Uh, then what? Well, you have a couple options, and John, you can chime in on this too. Uh, you can um, roll over to another, like your younger daughter, who might be much smarter than your older daughter. I know it's not the case, <laughs> but the, the, the I'll get you in trouble. The younger daughter, you can transfer that money to her. So that's one option that you can. You can take the money out. You just have to pay penalties or, or ordinary income tax on it. John, anything else? Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you can always switch beneficiaries up to one time a year to yourself or someone else. Uh, obviously, with these new Secure Act law changes, it gets a little tricky now because, you know, you've got to pretty much keep the designate, designated beneficiary the same to enjoy that $35,000 Roth. Um, I would say, though, that, you know, it, people always have in their mind, oh, my child has to do a four-year degree. That's not the case at all. Um, right. It could be a watercolor class at, in at night. You know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> Basket weaving 101. Yeah. You know, the SECURE Act is what 2.0. That acronym, setting every community up for retirement enhancement. They call it the SECURE Act, but this is version 2.0, Jeff, what you're citing. That's right. And you remind me of these goofy acronyms. I, John, you, you know this one, but ERISA, that's the government agency that it's Employment Retirement Income Security Act. That's what it really stands for, ERISA, Employee Retirement Income Security Act. And what we used to call it is every rotten idea since Adam. 
<laughs> and you probably so, remembered it that more than the real that's way. That's right. Yeah. That's right. But these different acronyms come up and um, some of them are good. Some of them can be played around with, but nonetheless, it's important. Contributions made to the 529 plan within the last five years are not eligible to be rolled over to a Roth. And just wrapping this up, there are lots of articles, lots of information coming out about the Secure 2.0 Act, the, the retirement. It doesn't officially happen. This particular provision does not happen until 2024. So there's a lot of good news here. You still have time to act. And again, if you have questions, give us, give our office a call and we can help you with that. Just in general, on saving, you know, sometimes grandparents are involved in, in their kids' college savings. Sometimes the parents are. It's a combination. Sometimes little Johnny or little Jane, they have to go and they have to borrow money. And we hear about student loan debt. I guess my opinion is I think we're an important society, Jeff. We're seeing the cost just skyrocket for college that people are more open now than ever before of maybe college isn't for every kid. That's okay. It used to be automatic. Where are you going to college? Where are your kids going to college? I think there's at less, you know, at least some discussion of maybe it's not for everybody and that's not the end of the world. Well, that's true. And just to piggyback on what you're talking about, People are starting to draw money out of their 401k plans for emergencies, for savings, for education, for other things. With the cost of everything going up, education included, and they're squeezed by higher prices, they're short on cash. People are tapping into their 401ks for financial emergencies, for education, for all kinds of things. And maybe that's not right. Maybe they shouldn't have to uh, do that because they may not. A trade might be better paying and might be less debt and, and more suited for that particular individual instead of a four-year education, just like you mentioned. Yeah, every every child is different, and skilled trades are begging for kids to become carpenters and electricians and plumbers. That industry is just begging for what can amount to a great career with great earnings. So it's every child's different. I don't think there should be a stigma to that at all, even though I did go to college. Proud to say an alumni. UW Oshkosh, John White, your college took place in New Zealand, did it? I did some New Zealand study and actually finished my uh, degree at Carroll University. Did you really? Yeah, I did. I did it part-time. Jeff Kowal, do you mind me asking? No, I I was on the 17-year program. (laughs) I went to Cornell College, went to UWM for three and a half years, started in business, was making enough money, I thought, ah. I don't need that degree. So I was about uh, two semesters short. And in my 30s, I went back. And then after 17 years, I finally finished my degree. And it's from Cornell. And No kidding. Psychology, you know, most of the credits are in psychology. That, Not finance. That's, uh, that's a great story. Yeah. Well, when I answered to the kids as to why I didn't get my degree, it got to the point where you know it was a pride thing. And I don't... That's one question. You know, they'll ask you a lot of questions. That's one thing I didn't want to have to answer is why I didn't finish. Grandkids ask all kinds of questions, don't they? Kids too. <laughs> and, and kids for that matter. Yep. 
Yep. Uh, that was a good segment on 529 and, of course, the Secure 2.0 Act and what it all means. Again, any questions, please call the Kowal Investment Group, 262-522-4040. We always keep the lines at WISN open, especially the text line, the adventnose.com talk and text line. Producer Spencer is always on top of that on Saturday mornings, 799-1130. Jeff, you've got an awesome website, the Kowal Way. Dot com for more information. You're on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Okay, after the break, the sexy segment. By way of background, uh, Jeff, that is for wealth management and preservation. But each week you've got a different topic, Jeff. That's right. This time a lot of people struggle with how to leave money to uh, kids, beneficiaries who might have uh, impairments. So there's a special needs trust, also known as a supplemental needs trust, and we're going to talk about that. And uh, the show, again, is for everybody. It's particular segments for those with a million dollars or more. It's called the Wealth Management Preservation Segment. We'll do that right after the break. Good stuff coming up on the Retirement Clinic. It's News Talk 1130 WISN, hosted today by John White and Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforst. We'll be right back. Back with the Retirement Clinic. Hey, thanks for joining us every Saturday, 10 a.m. with Jeff Kowal, founder of the Kowal Investment Group. John White is here today hosting the show with Jeff. We got good stuff for you. And this is the sexy segment. That's why you hear the music. And it's about wealth management and preservation. Jeff, you got a good one for us today. Yes, this is. Uh, and it's, it's uh, um, important because a lot of people deal with these issues whether it's somebody that you think might be a spendthrift, any number of issues. A lot of times if you have somebody who is mentally uh, disabled, uh, physically or mentally disabled, uh, special needs trust, also known as a supplemental needs trust, are very important. So again, this don't this, this whole theme seems of today seems don't do it yourself. These are very complex and and especially there's advantages to special needs trust and their irrevocable trusts that are set up to protect assets of disabled adults while maintaining their eligibility for government support. That's a key because a lot of these people rely on the government support. And if you give them a whole bunch of money, that screws up their government support and they can't get it. Um, so a disabled person may lack the mental capacity to manage his or her own financial affairs. Special needs trust ensures that the individual's assets will remain under the control of an appointed trustee to help protect the assets. Um, you know, uh, we can't uh, go, the assets can't go directly to a disabled individual, but they can be used to pay for education, medical expenses, personal care, um, attendance, any other goods or services that benefit the individual. You have to be very careful. Uh, if a disabled individual holds more than $2,000 in assets, get that, $2,000, he or she will not qualify for Social Security Administration's Supplemental Security Income Benefits, SSI. What, $2,000? I mean, that's most people have 2000 or more for sure, Jeff. That's right. So you got to be careful with that. It can't be in their name. Uh, it can be in a trust, but it has to be the right kind of trust, and that's where a special needs trust comes in. And the disabled person has no control over the money of the assets in the special needs trust. The contents of the trust are not considered 
when calculating an individual's total assets. So that's a key thing. If if the disabled person gets the money, he has control. He or she has control of those assets. If the trust has it, especially the trust has it, the contents are not considered. They ensure that disabled individuals remain eligible for government benefits, regardless of the actual value of the total assets. So that's really important. And then the, a trust document for special needs trust must contain certain language. And this is really key. Among other requirements, a trust document must state that is intended to provide a disabled individual with supplemental and extra care over and above that as was, was provided by the government. The trust document must, must name a trustee and things like so. Is there, that's why <coughs> right at the start of this, I said, don't do this alone. Um, it's not a do-it-yourself project. You have to have uh, specific wording in the trust. Otherwise, it can be voided and you can lose government benefits. A trustee is typically a family member, friend, financial professional, bank, or other financial institution. They can be funded with any type of assets, including inheritances, can be a lump sum payment. So again, I we work with a lot of good estate planning attorneys that are that are trusted partners at the Coal Investment Group. And you have to work with somebody who's not chasing ambulances at night and doing estate or yeah, doing estate planning by day or just the opposite. You want somebody who's doing it all the time. Um, somebody who works with estate planning, works with special needs trusts, know how to make sure that you get the benefits to the designated beneficiary when they need it and for supplemental benefits. It's called a special needs trust. For those who are physically or mentally disabled individuals, don't do it yourself. Jeff, we've had over the course of the show over many, many years, you've had many, many estate planning attorneys on. And if our listeners are looking for one, a good one, um, you can point them in the right direction. Absolutely. And these are people that we consider as trusted partners to the Coal Investment Group. They'll come to our office. They'll help you with it in our office if you want them. They're great professionals who work in estate planning and work in this area all the time. Um, so yeah, they're, they're with the co same with CPA, same with your taxes. We have got trusted partners that we work with. The Coal Investment Group works with them. And it goes without saying that most Americans just don't have a proper estate plan. Do you have? It starts with the power of attorney. There's wills. There's trusts. Just depending on your situation, Jeff. It doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, Jed Clampett. <laughs> there's an old reference. <laughs> I don't know why I came wow. up with the Beverly Hillbillies reference, but you don't have to be wealthy or rich to need an estate plan. I think everybody over 18 needs some form of an estate plan. And you would agree most Americans just aren't quite, they're not adequate in that regard. Well, it's not the case with our clients, but it is a case with general America. I think you're, you're right with that. Uh, a need to give order to your assets while you're living and give direction once you pass away. And that's what you do with the, the wills and the trust to give, to control your assets during your lifetime and then pass it on to your heirs when you pass away. Good stuff. As always in the sexy segment, a little bit of a different twist this week here in WISN's Retirement Clinic. Questions like if you need some help in that regard, please reach out. If you've got any retirement issues, please reach out. The Cowal Investment Group in Waukesha, Port Washington, Phoenix, Arizona. Racine, and you have added your Heartland uh, location, Jeff. Where in Heartland are you located? That's right in the heart of Lake Country. Uh, in uh, in Heartland, um, how do I how do I explain it? Look at the uh, 
right in downtown Heartland. It's a small community. Look at a map. Is that what you're going to say? We bought, no, we bought Jim Liebert's practice. Jim was a prominent guy in, in uh, financial and retirement planning in, um, in Heartland. And so we bought his practice right in downtown Heartland. And really, it's really very convenient for anybody in Lake Country. And all the information is, of course, on the website, which we need to point out. Marie McFarland, who hosted last week's show, and you hear Monday through Friday with Market Updates, did a great blog on Women's History Month. That is the month of March. And we went in depth on last Saturday's show, but the blog is up on that website, thekowalway.com, or call 262 522 4040 with John White, who's a part of those market updates. So is Jeff Kowal. I'm Paul Cronforce, the Retirement Clinic. We'll be right back. For 30 years of painfully slow business growth, Clean Living Environments doubled sales in one year with INET. Want to be marketers? State of business's way, advantage, or difference in template marketing. Only INET imparts great genius, maximizing profit ability. CreativeGeniusMarketing.com. For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger. Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Here's a question. How many real estate agents does it take to overcharge you when selling a home? The answer, just one. Certainly, you can pay 6% to be in your local MLS, or you can pay just 3.99% at Redefined Realty to be in the same local MLS. In fact, we even put you in the statewide system as well as the national system, just like they do. Don't overpay to sell your home. 3.99% gets the job done every bit as well as 6% does. Over 400 five-star Google reviews can't be wrong. Just Google Redefined Realty and see for yourself. Discover credit cards do something pretty awesome. At the end of your first year, they automatically double all the cash back you've earned. That's right. Everything you earn double. The cash back from trips, restaurants, all double. Seriously, though, see terms and check it out for yourself at discover.com slash match. The Retirement Clinic. All right, before we close up shop this Saturday, and we're back every week next Saturday at 10 o'clock with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, Jeff Kowal. John White, you've got a little PS to that last segment. Yeah, just uh, on the special needs trust, just realize that if it's an irrevocable trust, then it does have creditor protection. So obviously anyone that's suing cannot claim those assets for the person that, that needs that money. So that's just an important Irrevocable. Yep. Yeah, and uh, just out of curiosity, John on the commercial break looked up the address for Heartland. So. Yeah, it's 140 North Avenue in Heartland. And you well, know, I can tell that you're from I can tell that you're from Cedarburg on the north side because anybody from Lake Country knows where Heartland is or knows where downtown Heartland. I know. <laughs> I am from that north side of Milwaukee, kind of, you know, everything I do is on that part of town. Lake Country is absolutely stunning and beautiful, and you've got a great location in Heartland. You're also in Racine, Jeff, right at the Highway 20 exit off the freeway. Phoenix, Arizona. Why do we mention that? Because you're licensed in, Jeff, in multiple states. 26, 27 states now, so that if you're if you retire, we've been blessed that our clients, when they go somewhere else, live somewhere else. They keep up us as their advisors who are licensed in 27 states right now. Port Washington up in Ozaukee County. 
Nice location, beautiful downtown with Lake Michigan views. And, of course, the world headquarters in Waukesha, Monday through Friday. Don't forget, 3 p.m., 5 o'clock, whether it's Mark Belling or Dan O'Donnell filling in in these winter months for Mark, you have the market updates. And Jeff will end with, how do I reach out to you guys? Go on the website, the Kowalway, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. You can arrange an appointment there. Or, or Heather will get back to you right away. Or give our office a call at 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Questions, please call that number. John White, as always, a pleasure having you here. We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you. Hey, Jeff, have a good weekend. Thanks, you too, Paul. And to our listeners, we thank you for tuning in. Next week, Saturday, 10 o'clock, we're back with the Retirement Clinic right here in WISN.